Okay, Power Rangers, let's do it! Go, go, Welcome to Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 5 of Live and Let Die Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Gosei Sentai Die Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt Jay, and with me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you? I'm really well. Great, glad to hear it. Today we're watching episode 5, but before we get into that, Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? My first star of the week is I actually just got back from hosting a LARP event. I mentioned on last episode, right, that I help run a LARP. So we just had an event this weekend. It was really, really good. I think it's maybe one of the best events that I've ever run. Oh, nice. So, yeah, it was really exciting. Good turnout? Yeah, pretty good turnout. Uh, the players were really cool. The plot and staff people were really great to work with. So I had a fantastic time. Oh, so that's my first star of the week. Okay, so second star of the week, uh, this is a small thing, but it tickled me, and I wanted to mention it to you because I hadn't, uh, I forgot to tell you when I saw it. So every day for lunch, when I'm at work, I'll go out and take a walk. Yeah, you've mentioned. And the other day when I was out for my walk, I, I came around the corner, and I saw three people in this order coming down the street. I saw a middle-aged guy on a Segway. Okay. Followed closely behind by a slightly older guy in a rascal scooter. Okay. <laughs> followed a little bit by a older guy in a wheelchair. Wow. Um, it just seemed like this great progression where after that, there was just going to be like a 98-year-old man like moving himself down the road on a single roller skate. <laughs> you know? So did he like... Wait. Okay, so here's a new question. Did it all look like the same guy? Like, was there any resemblance? Did you somehow inadvertently somehow stumble? somehow wandered into a time loop. Right, where the, this dude takes the same walk that you do every day, and you've just seen him in three, you know, three different time periods of his own life. <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's what I choose to believe. That's my... That's my that somehow that guy is stuck walking in an eternal loop, cursed never to leave. Yeah, but he's getting older as it goes, and also acquiring new mobility devices. New and worse mobility items. Right. Well, I don't know. I mean, given the... Okay, whatever. whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> I would ultimately say that a wheelchair is a better mobility item than a Segway, because you need to be able to stand in the Segway. Anyways, so second star... So second old star man of the in a week, time loop. weird guy caught in a time loop on my walk. Uh, Dave, what is the third star? My third star is completely di divergent from my first star. I got a pig's head from my butcher. All right. Which I know sounds strange, but if you know what to do with it, there's actually a lot of really good eating on a pig's head. There's a lot of stuff you can do with it. And so I've done it before, and what I did before is I made uh, bacon out of the cheeks, and I made head cheese out of the rest of it. This time what I did is I made an Italian-style dish called porchetta di testa. All right. Which I'm not... Detestable Italian... pork. I gotcha. Yeah, I'm not... Wait, what? Detestable pork? No, no, no. <laughs> Detesta. Like, you know, article and then thing. And I'm not a speaker of Italian myself. I think that might just mean head of pig. I'm not totally sure. But 
not to be too graphic, but what you do to make porchetta detesta is you just take all the meat off the head in one big piece. Okay. And you leave it whole, and then you roll it up, and you tie it with butcher's twine, and then you can either uh, roast it or braise it, which is what I did, and then you press it and chill it. And all the gelatin has come out of the meat and fat and bone, and it sort of binds the whole thing together. And you season it with rosemary and garlic, and it's a really... It's like lunch meat, basically. When it's cold, you slice it up. And I actually just had some for lunch. How'd it turn out? uh, Tomato and mayonnaise on a sandwich. It's really fantastic. If you do get over here sometime this week, which I think you probably will, you should have some. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's really, really tasty. So that's my fourth star, or third star of the week, sorry, is Rolled Pig's Head. My, so the fourth star uh, is also food related. It's that I, I live with a roommate, which you know, but the listeners may not. Um, but he is out of town this week. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's just on vacation, which means that I am home alone. And the thing about me being home alone is that as soon as I am going to be by myself for more than a couple of days, the clock starts counting down to the point where I order myself two pizzas, and then that's just what I have until somebody, somebody else comes back into the apartment, and I feel so ashamed of eating only pizza that I have to go grocery shopping again. Okay. Um, well, that's classic. I mean, you're still a bachelor, so enjoy those those times while you can. Yeah, and so I, I actually had to put off the recording a little bit today because I was waiting for my pizzas to arrive. <laughs> Um, I'm enjoying it now. I'm sure I'm going to start regretting it around tomorrow at lunchtime when I've just been eating the same two pizzas. <laughs> For the whole, what did you did you at least get something interesting, or you just eating like cheese pizzas? I got uh, one with green pepper and onion, and I okay. got one with green olive and feta. Actually, when we have when we're done with this, I think I'm going to have a snack I've got left over Richie Chan's. Ooh, yeah. So Matt, fifth star of the week. Fifth star of the week is, okay, we have upcoming our annual get-together with our old college friends. Yeah! Uh, It's going to be you and me. We're both going to be there. Yep. Mark, the editor and producer of this show, who makes it all actual functioning, as opposed to just the two of us sort of shouting into our computers (laughs) and hoping that it turns out okay. He's going to be there. Uh, We are going to be doing an episode a while there. And Dave, I found the thing that we're going to watch. Okay. Um, there is a Die Ranger movie. No kidding. That I have never seen. That's really exciting. And I think it's just like a long episode. It takes place in the early part of the season, so it's actually going to be pretty on board with where we are now. There's not okay. going to be any like new characters or whatever in there. No like weird plot spoilers. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to it because it's the only Die Ranger thing that I haven't already seen. And it's going to be good. I'm really looking forward to it. You know, speaking of sort of alternate ranger things, I had a fantastic idea over the weekend that I wanted to share with you. Shoot. I think, yeah, I think come the 4th of July, Uh huh. obviously it's too late for this year, but I think come 4th of July for next year, we should watch the American show. Okay, so like do the first episode of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? Exactly. Well, or whatever one is associated with Die Ranger, because July Fourth of July, America, celebrate watch the American America. version. So right, celebrate America. So come July the Fourth of 2015. Let's remember that, and we'll watch the first episode of whatever Ranger American Ranger show 
corresponds with Die Ranger. Okay, it'll um, it'll have to be the second season of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Okay, there we go. And we will get to see uh, like what weird stuff they did with the stock footage. Yeah, that I think is yeah, I think it's going to be really fun. So next week at the con is going to be a very special episode, right? Yeah, because the Super Sentai Brothers is not just going to be us two brothers. We are going to grab uh, a couple more people who are there, and we're all going to sort of talk about it as a group. And I'm really excited because at this point, Dave, you have a few episodes under your belt. You sort of know what to expect, kind of, from these episodes. That's true. Uh, just from, like, the tone, at least. And these everybody people else. have no idea what they're going to be getting into. Yeah, everybody else is coming into this fresh. This is going to be great. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to that. Okay. Okay, so, so those are the five stars of the week. Um, we are going to take our quick break and watch episode five. We will be right back after the break. Okay, see you in a minute. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. All right, welcome back. Dave, why don't you hit us with a quick recap? Sure. This week's monster is called the Lipstick Songstress, and I have something to say about that a little bit later. But the monster shows up really early on in the episode. We see that there are some problems with uh, Ryuseo, who is the giant dragon monster. Not monster, giant dragon robot that is attached to the Red Ranger. And then we get a little bit more information on the, what's the best way to say it? The mythology, perhaps, of Die Ranger? Yeah, I think And then this a is a cliffhanger. Yeah, okay, cool. And then this is a cliffhanger episode, so we do stop sort of in the middle of the story. Okay, the first scene opens up at, a, it shows Rin walking down the steps at a university. So right. we now know, and I was a little unclear on this, that she is a university student, not a high school student. And so all of these people, I think they're all around the same age. So they're all roughly in their 20s. That makes sense. Uh, which is only notable because most of the time, I think they're, te- they're almost always teenagers in the American show. And in the last 10, 15 years in Japan, they're also all teenagers. Okay. This, I think, might be one of the last series where the characters are more or less adults. Got it. So she's running down the steps, and a other person runs over to her. I think it's like a classmate or something. It seems to be, but we have no... Yeah. There's no introduction for this character. Yeah, we don't know who she is. She starts talking to Rin. Rin basically has no idea who this person is either. We are just as confused as she is. Right. Uh, yeah, I think, like, the, I get the sense that Rin is maybe really introverted, because this girl walks up to her. You know, maybe she's not introverted, because I would I would be creeped out by this girl, too. A little bit. Because she just shows up, and she says, let's be friends. Not only does she just show up and immediately jump to, like, let's be friends, she already has a present for Rin. Like, it's wrapped up with a bow on it. But she doesn't wait for Rin to accept the gift. She's like, oh, I've got this gift for you. And then she opens it up herself. It's a hair clip, which rather conveniently looks like a phoenix. Right. She walks around behind Rin, puts it in her hair. It's like, okay, great. That's a sign of our friendship. Yeah, it's very strange. (laughs) It's actually, it's so strange that I really expected that girl to be this week's monster. I was really surprised. Sorry, she's not this week's monster. I was really surprised when she wasn't. I just assumed 
that a strange person running up, wanting to be friends with one of the Die Rangers, and giving her, like, convenient presents. I was absolutely certain oh, that that was going to be a seg. Yeah, I was absolutely certain that that was going to be a seg into, you know, the barrette was like a mind control barrette, or it exploded, or something. Yeah, it, like, changes her emotions so she's angry at everything. Right. Nope, it is just a <laughs> random barrette. It is just barrette. straight up a barrette. Yeah, and okay, I actually just thought about this. This is the extra creepy part. It's not as though the girl saw Rin, like they were in class together. She saw something and was like, oh, this looks like it might match your style. I grabbed it. Do you want to, like, hang out and grab a Coke or something? Because it's wrapped. So unless this chick carries wrapping paper and a bow with her at all times, it means that she saw Rin from afar. Rather than approaching her first, went out, got a present, went home, wrapped that present up, put a bow on it, carried it back to school, and then approached Rin and said, hey, do you want to be friends? (laughs) That is creepy. That's stalker territory as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and Rin just does not know how to respond to it. Like, the girl keeps talking to Mile a minute. Rin basically doesn't react. She just sits there quietly and stares at the woman as she just chatters on <laughs> right and then uh so then ryu shows up yeah ryu shows up the girl leaves well she like walks away she doesn't leave leave because she's still in the scene but i oh, think yeah. maybe she, she like, goes around the corner yeah but she understands maybe that there's some sort of dynamic between ryu and rin are we sensing like a beginning romance we do see them alone together a lot like they went out to tea before maybe this is a thing i don't know but so ryu shows up and says something blah 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 he says something i don't remember so clearly it wasn't that important and then i think basically said hello i'm in the scene now okay (laughs) all right so then we see i think it's actually the creepiest intro for a monster yet it's just a giant pair of floating purple lips that is just hanging out in at the university which just floating in a courtyard right which like actually looks no really thing. nice and i think is the first scene this might this is a new thing this i think is the first scene that we have got in ghost of sensei die ranger that does not look as though it's really clearly about a block and a half away from the docks or the an docks abandoned industrial wasteland or an abandoned industrial wasteland or a quarry i will get there don't worry but oh i'm sure we will but this particular moment looks as though it's well far away from any of those things which I think is really nice for them. So we see this floating pair of purple lips. And then there's like a CGI graphic. I think maybe it's supposed to be a tongue. Like oh, yeah. Rolling tongue. Stones I think like, style. Yeah. The tongue comes out and there's a sort of like weird screen wipe. And the lips become a sword that looks like a pair of lips. Yeah. Um, and it's being held by the Lipstick Songstress. Yeah, the Lipstick Songstress, which I just, like, there's no connection. There's no connection between any of those things. (laughs) No, why would a Lipstick thing also be a music thing? Yeah, I don't understand. Although (laughs) maybe this is, I'm hoping that this is going to be, like, a theme. Like, like an every, a random everyday object combined with something else because we already had 
maybe this is the theme. Because we already had, like, Baron String, uh-huh. who was, like, a string guy. And then there's Coin Purse. Yeah, a lot of the monsters in this show are just random crap that, is, yeah. that has become a monster. It's so like I... they just had, like, a rummage, <laughs> like, junk drawer in the office. Right. I'm hoping that somebody just dumped out their purse, maybe. And just everything that was in the purse. Like, okay, um, well, we've got lipstick. That's cool. We're going to do lipstick. Uh, a coin, coin purse. purse. All right. String. And as the show progresses, there are going to be some, like, weird, weird looking creatures. What's the other one? We had a coin purse, string, lipstick, and... Um, was there another one? I think a couple of them have been in two episodes. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, um, the, um, the puppet dude. The key master. Oh, yeah, uh, and keys. Key right. So a, car- a pair of keys, lipstick, string, and a coin purse. All of these things easily found in somebody's purse. A lady's purse. I mean, yeah. who- whoever's purse. Anybody who has a purse and wears lipstick, it could be in their purse. So the first five episodes of this show have just been, the theme is <laughs> junk from a lady's purse. Right. Okay, so lipstick songstress. She's got the lipstick sword. She doesn't right. have eyes. And no, the has, top like, of her head is, like, where the lipstick comes out of the tube. Right, and she has lipstick spikes on her shoulders. So, And she's got, like, a purple and black striped, like, torso. Just so you, the listener, have an idea, if you haven't watched the episode, as to what yeah, she looks her like. her clothing is sort of... Imagine what we said earlier with the lipstick and, like, the weird monster spikes and stuff. But that she's also dressed to be part of, like, a Jane Fonda workout video. Yeah, that that's works. sort of what we're working with here. My other beef with the lipstick songstress is that, and this is actually beef with some of the other things, the Goma are all supposed to be six thousand years old. A lot of these things did not exist six thousand years ago. I'm fairly certain that lipstick is not six thousand years old, or a coin purses, or keys for that matter, or giant robots. I, I feel like we've just or got giant it, robots. like. We've just got to learn to live with that, Dave. Wait a minute. No, no, no. I have a new thought. What if the Goma are, uh, what if they're like shapeshifters? You know when the Transformers come to Earth? Mm-hmm. And they just sort of latch on to whatever is around them. Like, they started off as different Transformers when they were on Cybertron. But then when they escaped to Earth, the arc reformats them so that they match up with things that are from Earth. So they end up as like trucks and helicopters and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What if Goma monsters are the same way? So like 6,000 years ago, they were whatever monsters. And now they're whatever the equivalent of that is in the modern world. And it just right. happens so that the sh- equivalent is lipstick. Yeah. So they show up in the 20th century and all of a sudden she used to be you know, the tiger blood chanter or something. I don't know. I guess you could put tiger blood on your face. Whatever. Like yeah, the war paint you? the war paint chanter. But now in the twentieth century she's the lipstick songstress. Uh, that makes as much sense as anything. <laughs> That's my new theory. I also choose to believe that the Kaiden beasts were originally beasts and are now robots in the twentieth century. That's what I'm going with. So the lipstick songstress shows up she starts, you know, punching dudes. Rin does go one-on-one. She grabs the uh, the girl who gave Rin the hair barrette. Right? Oh, that's right. 
And she does like a weird like wavy thing in front of her face. And now that girl is wearing like dark purple lipstick mm-hmm. and gets like carried away or disappeared or something. Well, you see a look on her face. Clearly it's some sort of mind controlly lipstick. Oh, yeah. She's gone. You know? She has gone completely bye bye. Yeah. A la Christina Hendricks in Serenity. And so they start fighting. The Cotopotros show up. They are, in keeping with the music theme of the episode, all sort of dressed up as conductors. Yeah, it took me a second to notice because they're always sort of dressed up like conductors slash waiters. Yeah. But they're clearly conductors. They're all carrying conducting batons. Yes. They do a brief, like, Beethoven's fifth, ba 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 bum And then the batons are also guns i guess i think so because they start like shooting sparks out at uh rin and ryu what's fantastic about the kotaro potaro and doing the beethoven's fifth is that it's not as though you don't hear it in an orchestra in the background you literally just hear the kotaro potaro going oh yeah you just hear 15 people singing from inside their helmets yeah it's just them humming um so they're all fighting. the The rest of the Rangers must have gotten a distress signal because they yeah, show up on their clearly. motorcycles. And thankfully, for like one of the first times ever, they're already aura changed. They yeah. finally had the good sense to do that before showing up to the fight. Now, I want to say this. I don't know if I've mentioned this before. But I keep meaning to mention it every time we see their motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Something that's great about this show is that none of the motorcycles have sidecars. Yeah. Like, a bunch of these shows have motorcycles, but mm-hmm. in this one, they all have their own bike. Nobody is relegated to either hauling a sidecar or being in a sidecar. I think it really displays something about the show, which is that all the characters are sort of equally important, which huh. in other series, you really don't get as much. That's a really good point. Uh, it's That's a total uh, aside. I just wanted to mention it because I hadn't yet. And I kept meaning to. I do really like the bikes. Also, I like that they have mythical beast faces on them, and that's pretty neat. Oh yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty awesome looking. Yeah. So the other rangers show up and then hit people like just run into the Cotopodros with their motorcycles. Yeah. <laughs> like do they a do. wheelie, hit them in the face with the front wheel. <laughs> it's jump off. Great. They do. They open up with their super special weapons that they got from last episode. So we just see they're jumping right in with, like, nunchucks and swords and spears and stuff. And it's going okay, but it's not going great, because the yeah. lipstick songstress is pretty strong. Right. She's, also, like, singing magic at them. They're flying around and exploding. There's one thing I want to mention about her when she's singing her magic song, is that you don't see, like, sonic waves. You literally see a music score come out of her mouth, like, with notes and bars and everything. Yeah. And then the other thing... Speaking of the special weapons, this is where things get rough for the lipstick songstress. Rin does use her spear, gets she hits the lipstick songstress in the face, and she gets like a nasty cut. The on her like does. weird monster cheek. Yeah, on her like weird like white monster cheek. And she freaks out. Like she straight loses it. Oh yeah. She loses her dang mind. Like Starts flailing around, immediately pulls out an enlarging bomb. Like, is not willing to wait for the end of the episode. Yeah! Like, that's it. You hit my face. Enlarging bomb. Like, I know we've got another ten minutes of this show, but I'm doing this now. Yeah! So, in response, 
Ryu summons Ryu Seo, which is the proper name of the giant red dragon. Mm-hmm. Does his sort of standard thing where he shoots the energy rope up, jumps on top of its head, gets inside the cockpit, it turns into the other robot. And then I notice something. Huh. And I had forgotten to mention this before, but we have seen it the other time that Ryu Seo shows up. Here's Ryu Seo. He is, you know, the giant robot. Ryu, the Red Ranger, is already up in the cockpit. Uh-huh. And then we see the other rangers just, like, running by towards the giant robot's foot. Which, in my head, means that the only way that they have to get up there is to just take, like, a little entrance hatch in Ryusei's foot and, like, ride the elevator up to the con- control <laughs> pit. Which is, like, a real jerk move on Ryu's part. You would think, here's my teammates... Let's get them up here, because it's difficult for me to pilot this thing, I would assume, without them. But no, he's just hanging out in the cockpit. Now listen, he gets to go through the main door, they all have to go through the service entrance in the back. Yeah! It just seems, it doesn't seem like Ryu really is considering his teammates <laughs> in this. Like, you go around the back door, this, this front door isn't for you. Red Rangers only. Red, right! It's weird, it's a jerk move on Ryu's part. So then, we see Ryu, he's about to, he and the rest of the rangers are about to fight the Lipstick Songstress, but something happens. His arm does not work. I don't know if this is because Ryu's arm isn't working, or if they've done something to Ryuseo, but it is just not functioning the way it's supposed to. And so, Ryuseo starts to lose and lose Yeah, Lipstick Songstress really, really dominating. And they're trying to sort of, like, work through their problems. It's not working out super well. Um, and they get hit by the Lipstick Strongstress swords, and it cuts back to yes. the murder basement, where Kaku is sitting, cross-legged, concentrating, glowing now, and he starts to glow yeah. a little brightly. And one more time, everything in that room starts shaking around like there's an earthquake. All the glasses fall off the boxes. Everything just gets completely ruined, even though I'm sure they had just fixed it up <laughs> right. in between episodes. Still no explanation on the sand pile. Still nothing. I'm waiting. No, don't don't expect it. I mean, if if something doesn't get explained pretty immediately, it's just I just, it's just okay. there. So we see Kaku, and Kaku, unbeknownst to the rest of us, totally possesses the power of the glow. Yeah, like, lightning starts shooting around the room like it's Highlander, and he's just, like, taken someone's quickening. <laughs> right. He has reached the final level, or the highest level? Uh, he's reached I... the finest level, and he possesses the power of the glow. And so everything starts blowing up around him with the cascading power of his chi. <laughs> I'm sorry, Matt. Now I'm just imagining a crossover between Ghostly Sentai Die Ranger and... The final, the last, the dragon, last dragon. I think Bruce it's the Leroy the movie with, yeah, with Bruce Leroy and the Shogun of Harlem. I want Bruce Leroy to show up as a ranger. Like that would be pretty astonishing. <laughs> it would be amazing. I feel like he would be a lion ranger. I don't know. Well, wouldn't he, wouldn't he, he be a thing. dragon ranger? Oh, the last yeah, dragon duh, ranger. He yeah, he would be the last dragon ranger. So no, okay. So here we go. New crossover. Gose Sentai Die Ranger, Ryu and Bruce Leroy duke it out for the title of Dragon Ranger, Ryu Ranger, winner take all. That sounds amazing. I know. That's I would watch that. That would be fantastic. If you haven't seen The Last Dragon, 
you absolutely need to see it. I know you, Matt. Oh, sure, yeah. We've watched it together. I'm addressing the listener. You, listener, if you have not seen The Last Dragon, you absolutely need to see it. It's one of the greatest films ever made. It's a real joy. So, okay, so... Okay, so his cheese going crazy. Yeah, it's like, there's like lightning bolts and stuff. It's great. We cut back to the fight, and basically they fight each other to a standstill. There's a big sort of like final attack from both of them where they both get blown back. Uh, Lipstick's on stress teleports away. The rangers get hit so hard that they get knocked out of Ruseo and out of their aura changed ranger forms and just land in yeah. their street clothes. <laughs> Ruseo just turns just back a into a dragon and flies away like, forget this nonsense. I am done. Yeah. He's just out. And so they're like, well, I, I guess, I guess we should get out of here. Yeah. So they show up. So scene change. Back to murder basement. Kakyu is sort of laying. He's kind of hanging out. Or no, he's not hanging out. He's like, oh, yeah, he's out. having a He bad is day. on the ground. Yeah. So the other rangers rush in and they're like, oh no, Kaku, what's going on? Which is the first time they've ever expressed concern for Kaku. And Kaku basically says, like, oh, yeah, I know that you thought that you were powering uh, Rusea with your chi. That was only part of it. The rest of it is that I was using my immense stores of chi to basically do the heavy lifting. Yeah, so we discover that Kaku, I mean, we knew that he was pretty, pretty cool. It turns out way harder than even we knew. Yeah, he is a, like, stone cold yeah he's a monster like he's really really cool so so we find out again that kaku has been basically powering this whole thing and and it, i think it gives a little more weight to his previous statements when he's like the goma think of you as like stupid babies and don't care about anything you're doing right because compared to kaku they are stupid babies Right, and we have no, and clearly Kaku is not capable of beating the Goma commanders on his own, or else he would have done so a long time ago. So now we do get a little bit more information, at least as to the scale of power that we're supposed to be dealing with here. And so Rin's hanging around, and she's feeling real down about herself, because she wasn't able to save her friend. Her friend, quote-unquote. Yeah, her friend who she basically doesn't know. She is acting as though, like, her sister was kidnapped. Right. It, as opposed to a random girl from her class who she literally has never met and did not know the name of. Well, no, she didn't know the name of it because Megumi never introduces herself, but she does refer to her by name later. So clearly, at least she knows the girl's name. Right. But knows her name in the same way that you know the name of someone who you see once a week. Yeah. So she's feeling real low about herself. Kaku says, like, oh, no, 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 you just need to go out and rescue her. The other rangers apparently disagree with Kaku's assessment, and they say, we're going to go. You stay here, Rin, because you're all emotional and basically doing a bad job today. So, oh, Wait, I want to point out specifically who it is that says it. It's Shoji. Rin is coming with them, and Shoji, the worst ranger, and again, it seems, just a bad person, says, no, Rin, you can't come with us. You're being too emotional. Yeah, you just need... I'm sorry, little girl. You need to, like, sit here and wait for your feelings to go away before you can come help the men. Is basically what he says. So, again, Shoji, first ranger, 
all-around terrible human being. So they all run off. Um, we cut to Rin walking in a park, and Rin starts going on a chi power rampage. Yeah. I think Rin seems to be the only one who can, like, hang with chi power when she is not aura change. Because this is something we see her do not infrequently. Yeah, she does it periodically. Rin is able to access her, like, wind chi powers whenever she feels like it. And so she's yeah. blowing up rocks. She's knocking over trees. She is, like, scaring birds. Yeah. Until Daigo shows up. And basically, like, Daigo is the nicest of the other rangers. But he still is kind of crappy sometimes. So Because yeah. he rolls by he's like, Ren, I don't want to see you like this. You should be smiling. But then makes no attempt to reconcile with her or say, oh, would you like to come with us to help? No, no, no. He just stops by and says, hey, chill out. You should be happier. Right. So he leaves without actually doing anything, aside from offering maybe some like vague words of encouragement. So as soon as Daigo leaves, Rin also seemingly leaves for a second because she's not in the park anymore. Right. She shows up in the middle of nowhere in the desert next to a couple of, like, ruined pillars. Well, we see there's like a, uh, it's like a kind of, there's like a light show. So, like, something is happening, clearly. Oh, yeah, there's these glowing orbs that are flying through space. Yeah, you'll never guess what colors the flying orbs are. Or how many of them there are. Yeah, there's a hint. Shining in the heavens, there are five stars. Yeah. <laughs> five conveniently color-coded stars. So... We do then see Rin, and she is... Then we see her in the desert. We don't know why she's in the desert, but she certainly is. And then she sees, flying above her, a uh, giant phoenix robot. Well, we see, like, a shadow, and it's kind of like a negative, a film negative of the Kaiden Beast. Yeah. We don't see it kind of straight out, as it were. She's having some sort of weird vision where she's seeing glowing orbs and negative phoenixes. And then she's back. She's back at the park. Right, she and that's the only, that's all we see. And says, hey, not only am I having a bad day, I'm also having bad dreams. And starts telling him about it. Right. Turns out what she saw. Now, wait a minute. Let me just jump in here for a second now. Because I like Rin, but she seems in this moment just to be extraordinarily dense. Because she comes to Kaku and she's like, Kaku, I had a strange vision. I saw, coming out of the sky, five colored balls. And they were all different colors. What could it possibly be? It's like, Rin, you're a die ranger. There's five of you. You're all five different colors. You saw five balls coming out of the heavens that are each colored with one of your colors. Your catchphrase is literally, shining in the heavens there are five stars. You were also... Like, what part about this are right, you missing? You were also the Phoenix Ranger, and you saw a shadow of a giant bird. I just... I don't know how many pieces Rin needs to put this I whole thing together. I know you're not together. on your A-game right now, but try to Yeah, it just up. seems, you know, come on. Because Rin is completely clueless. Yeah. And the thing about Rin is that Rin is the one who should know the most. She should. Because Rin and... Because Rin is the one who sort of, like, grew up with this stuff. Right. She's the one of the five who is Chinese and has a more sort of direct connection to, like, the Die Ranger stuff. If anyone should know what on Earth is happening, it's her. And she is just completely 
missing the point. And actually, the only one of the rangers that's in school. Yeah, the guy who works at the fish restaurant and takes out the garbage all the time seems to keep up pretty well. Yeah. And he's brand new to it. Right, she's grown up with it. Ugh, an embarrassment, Rin. An embarrassment. So... Maybe this isn't why Shoji doesn't want her around. <laughs> Maybe this is why she... Ugh! <laughs> she's just, ugh, oh, she's insufferable. She goes to university, she thinks she's so great. So, but Kaku does explain... What if, what if the reason Rin is confused is that Rin is colorblind and has no idea that she's the Pink Ranger? <laughs> Well, that's, you know, I didn't ever realize the inconveniences, like the real inconveniences of being colorblind. But we do have a friend who is colorblind, and uh, it's always a pain for him to play games, which is a shame because he plays a lot of games, because he always has to pick like a particular piece because he can't tell. Oh, yeah. Like if he's playing Risk, then he can't play either the red or green armies. Red or green or blue. Because they're just gray they the same color. Yeah. He always has to be like gray or yellow All three or of something. Them. Yeah. So Rin... Presumably he's colorblind. We're not entirely sure. Whatever. Kaku then explains that these are... It's not exactly clear what they are. They just seem to... He just calls them... What does he call them? Like... Oh, I wrote this down. It's the it's the Tenpo Rai Rai Balls. Okay, thank you. I should have written it down and Tenpo I did Tenpo Rai Rai. The Tenpo Rai Rai Balls. He doesn't actually explain what they are. All he says is that there is one for each of the Kaiden Beasts... And that he had assumed that the Kaiden beasts had all died aside from Ryu. Ryuseo. Ryuseo, sorry. Right, <laughs> right. Ryu is just the dude. So, he had assumed, apparently, that they all were dead. He sees that... And that all of these Tenpo Rai Rai balls had been destroyed, which is why he had just been plugging his own chi into Ryuseo. Right. And so when he hears that these things might still be around, he gets real excited. Yeah, reasonably so, because maybe this is something he can, fi- he can finally do with the Goma. Okay, so all of a sudden, Kaku gets a distress call on his ham CB radio thing. The finest technology. <laughs> right. You know, I just... Whatever. I mean, oh, no, wait, it totally makes sense, because the Kaiden Beasts already existed. So everything else, Kaku just had to buy by himself. And I would imagine, you know, mastering yeah, Kiryoku... Kaku doesn't have a job. Right, mastering Kiryoku doesn't pay the bills real well, which is probably why they're in a murder basement with, like, a friggin'... With, like, a ham radio <laughs> right. and boxes as their decoration. Right. So he gets a distress call from the other rangers, and, uh, you know, something is happening, and he says, oh, Rin will be right there. So Rin runs out. We cut scene... We see the lipstick songstress with the Goma commanders on top of a building, I think is what it is. Yeah, and that building is overlooking where the other four rangers are fighting some Kotopotoro. Right. And they are fighting, you'll never guess where. Down at the docks? Is it down at the docks? Down by the docks. Down by the docks. So we see the lipstick songstress, and she's on top of a building with the other Goma commander. The Kotoropotoro, or a Kotoropotoro, rather, is holding up a mirror, and she is just, she's just, like, obsessing over this one cut. And the Goma commanders... Oh, just freaking out. Yeah, and the other Goma commanders are like, listen, you, they're basically be like, you need to buck up. This is not your job. You are supposed to... You need to get your, you need to get yourself together. Right, get yourself together. You already have a weird monster face. Having a cut on it is not a big deal. Right, but the Lipstick Songstress is having none of it. She's like, no, I don't care about my mission. I will. I can't rest until I defeat Rin. Like she's super duper angry about it. And the other Goma, the one Goma commander says, and I think this is a great line. 
It says, your job is to use rouge and song to create hellish pain. And I have no idea. Like, the song part I get, I have no idea how rouge causes hellish pain. Hey, listen, man. I mean, the the ultimate goal is the go and want the hellish pain, right? Right. You just use now, what you, you got. you got the listic songstress. She's got two parts to it. She's got rouge. She's got song. And so she does. You just got to use the tools that you have. <laughs> well, you know, maybe you could be like a uh, like a spicy lipstick. Your lips are very sensitive. And so she, maybe if you put like capsaicin in the lipstick, that would cause hellish pain. I guess, it but would. that would be a really convoluted go no, plan. No, listen. Okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going to sneak in to all of the stores in the area. <laughs> but... You're going to open up all of the Burt's Bees. <laughs> listen, it is. It's awful, man. Not, I mean, I've never had capsaicin lipstick on. But you know I like hot peppers, right? Have I told you this story? I know how you like a hot pepper. Right. I like hot peppers. I like my food spicy. So... One year, and there's a guy that I buy my salsa from at the farmer's market where I do my shopping because I'm kind of a food hipster. But I buy the salsa from this guy, and this was last no two years ago, I think. And he was said so he had pepper plants, and I said, "Oh, what's that?" And he said, "That is the Trinidad Butch Tea something 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 Scorpion Pepper. It is at the, it was at the time either the first or second hottest pepper." In the world. Okay. I feel like any pepper that has that many like words in its name, you could pretty safely <laughs> avoid. bad news. So I was like, oh man, well how much are the plants? Ten bucks. So I give him the ten bucks, I take it home, and it was a really hot, dry summer where we lived. That particular year. And I didn't know this at the time, but hot, dry summers produce, like if a plant produces fruit, it produces very few of them, but they're very intensely flavored, Right. So I get these peppers okay. from this plant, and I know, and they are angry looking. Like, they're mean looking peppers, okay? And so I think to myself, well, okay, I know it's the hottest pepper on the planet, but, like, I'm a pretty, I like my food pretty spicy. You know what I mean? Like, I eat pickled jalapenos as a snack sometimes. I put sriracha on a bunch of stuff. Like, you know, I kind of know what I'm about. You're a spicy food guy. I'm a spicy food guy. So I'm like, but I want to be careful. So I get out, I get this pepper, and I cut off like just like a corner of it. And then I cut off like half of that, and then I cut that in half again. So I have ended up with a piece of this pepper. I kid you not, it was maybe like a square millimeter, okay? It is tiny. Okay. It is a tiny piece of pepper. And I'm like, well, surely I'll be able to handle this much. So I put it in my mouth. And for maybe like two seconds, it was fine. And then it hit me. Dude, my <laughs> eyes were my eyes were watering. I'm like drooling. My lips actually swell up a tiny bit. Uh, my face goes all red. I'm I chew on it for maybe like a minute, like trying to get up like the chi to like swallow it. Or the kiriyoku, I guess, as the case may be. Just swallow it. I can't As do the it. Case may be. Right, I can't do it. It's too hot. I sp- I had to spit it out. And I, like, what it was. Did in- you just throw the rest of the plant away? No, no, no. What I did is actually is I dried it. I dried it and then I mixed it with some other dried peppers and I put it in a uh, like a spice grinder and I sp- and I grind oh, it okay. up and I put like the dust over food and it's actually really tasty. 
like 10 minutes after I ate the pepper, there was like a really nice, like post agony glow, if that makes sense. Like the endorphins were moving at that point. And so that part of it was good. But yeah, it was brutal, brutal pepper. My wife actually would, to dry them out, we strung them up and she put, she like sewed them onto a string, right? So she could hang them and dry them. So she never actually touched the pepper, but she touched the string that had gone through the pepper. And then after touching that string, like half an hour, rubbed her eye and it hurt. So what you're saying is that you think the Goma have some sort of master plan to translate that sort of pain, hellish pain, I'm sorry, that yeah. sort of hellish pain yeah. into a lipstick. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that is the... It's the most painful thing that's ever happened to my mouth, is what I'm saying. So, all right, well, that was that kind of as much sense as any of the rest of their plans, right? You know, horrifying Trinidad Butch T Scorpion lipstick songstress is what she should have been called. So, <laughs> that's, a, that's kind okay. of a mouthful. So, anyways, the Gomar fighting the Rangers, fighting, 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 not going well for the Rangers. Anytime the Goma commanders show up, we're finding out things go poorly for the Rangers. Yeah, because the Goma commanders are all way better than the Rangers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, orders of magnitude better. So they're all fighting, uh, and then Rin shows up. She does the aura change. She starts to get into a fight with the lipstick songstress. And then gets hit by another wave of this vision, collapses to the ground, is about to be killed by the lipstick song stress. But... And then there's a big bright flash of that chi light from earlier that Kaku had, mm-hmm. and she disappears. Yeah. Into, like, a pile of leaves or something. I think the leaves were just underneath her. I don't think it was, like, a ninja disappearance. Hey, man, you never know. I never know. I'm just... Yeah, that's what I think. I think it was just... I mean, they're not ninjas, it. and so I guess we could assume. But... Right. We'll get ninjas later, I'm sure. So she's gone. She has fully teleported now to the place where we had seen her go into her vision state earlier. Right. And the Goma, we do cut back to the Goma commanders. They clearly know something has happened. Oh, they flip out. Yeah, they they're like, oh, temporary retreat. To retreat. They run away. The rangers don't know what's happening. Kaku does know what's happening because yeah, he senses like the shift in. in the chi. And he knows that Rin has gotten teleported away to China. Right. And then that's it. That's, the, that's end it. That's the, the end of the episode. We end on a cliffhanger. Uh, the lipstick songstress is still at large. Uh, Rin is in China. Everyone else is down by the docks. <laughs> right. Well, where else would they be, ultimately? A quarry, I guess, but that's really the only other option. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so, Dave, what was your favorite part of the episode? Okay, aside from the fact that I'm pretty certain we're about to get giant robots next episode, my favorite part of this episode... Kotoro Potoro conductors, which I just realized they were all conductors. Yeah, there was no band. Yeah, nobody was actually being conducted. But favorite part of the episode, Kotoro Potoro conductors with gun batons. I think my favorite part of the episode was Rin's wind rampage, where she's just walking around the park (laughs) blowing stuff up. (laughs) What's great is that it doesn't even see, she doesn't like wander out into the woods somewhere. She just wanders, like, down the street and is ruining the park for everyone. Oh, yeah. This is not the wilderness. She is just wandering through a clearly public area and ruining things. Yeah. Kind of a jerk move, Rin, but whatever. 
Okay, uh, worst part. Worst part of the episode. It's a two-parter. First worst part, Shoji being <laughs> really sexist. Second worst part of the episode, Rin just being extraordinarily thick. Yeah. Like... What's going on with the five spheres that are all that are all connected to our five colors? And what's with the shadow of that giant bird? Giant bird. That that seems familiar somehow. Somehow. But Maybe. how? How? I'm not sure. <laughs> so that's my worst part of the episode. How about you? Uh, I was also going to go with Ren. So. Next episode, again, man, looking forward to it. I'm pretty sure we're going to get giant robots. It's going to be pretty good. I, will, uh, I won't give it away, but, I, you know, trust your instincts. Okay. <laughs> good. Okay. Thanks. Well, uh, that's going to do it for another episode of Live and Let Die Ranger. Before we finish up here, I do want to remind you all that you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. And if you want to get any updates on future episodes or just check out the things that we're mentioning in the show, we're on Twitter at Super Sentai Bros. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week. Steve, Steve. Ah!